Mask Club provides premium limited edition face protection with unique designs that change monthly using unique designers and artists' works, supporting the artist industry, which is just one of the many that have been hit by the recent global pandemic. Their aim is to provide a new item of clothing that people will want to wear rather than have to wear. Every month, members of the Mask Club will receive four mask filters in a sexy foil-sealed bag with a unique limited edition design, ready for you to hit the streets feeling stylish and protected. Additionally, every package includes a unique QR code, giving members exciting additional benefits including a Spotify playlist, including the link to the amazing podcast celebrity prelash, leading members to feel their membership has deeper involvement than just the masks themselves. In order to join Mask Club, be sure to head to the website which is www.msk.club and use the unique voucher code PRELASH50, that's spelled 5-0, to get 50% off your first month. That is PRELASH50. Embrace the mystery, join the club. Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever episode of Celebrity Pre-Dash with me, Lucy and Jack. This week I'm joined by the absolutely beautiful and talented Vic Slater. She, she paid me to go and say that. <laughs> she is a podcaster, she's a comedian. And I absolutely love her, you know. We ha- we started comedy around the same time and we worked frequently together um, across the uh, London comedy stages. So when I um, had the opportunity to start this podcast and I was thinking about guests, she had to go and be my first person on. Um, one little quick disclaimer about the episode i didn't realize until afterwards that my microphone was not turned on so please excuse the quality it is recorded from my laptop but hey that is life if you know me personally you know i like to call myself uh the as the price james corden um so when it comes to me i'm hardly high quality but hopefully you will agree that our conversation was high quality itself. So let's get started. Here we are, me and Vic Slayton. Well, I am now in my bedroom feeling very, very sexy, feeling very, very ready to talk to a very special lady. This lady comes all the way from Wales via Limehouse. It is the one and only Vic Slayton. Hello, Vic. Hi. Lovely to be in your bedroom. Obviously, digitally and socially distanced and safe. Cough, cough. Don't cough anywhere near me. (laughs) You know, this is a celebrity pre-lash, obviously. So we are having our pre-lash now. Um, in an ideal world, we'll be going to a club after this, but we can't. Uh, we are locked away. We have our drinks. Uh, what are you drinking over there, Vic Sweeten? Oh, I'm quite basic. I've got a Cosmo going. Now, Sex and the City made Cosmos a little bit uncool because once they're sold in, like, never spoons, you probably can't have them again in any credible London bar. But I like the flavour. It's fruity. It's a little bit zesty. It feels a little bit me. So Yeah, fruity and zesty are definitely words I would describe you as. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a Cosmo. I think Cosmos are great. It's what, vodka? Um, how do you make a Cosmo fix later? So, vodka, Cointreau, or some kind of orange flavoured spirit, um, lime juice, and a dash of cranberry, because apparently the cranberry was mainly there for colour when they were first invented, but now people go too hard on it. Huns go too hard on the pink juice. So, um, Are you saying yeah, you're the type of lady who drinks for flavour rather than getting pissed? Well, I, th- I think find yourself a girl that can do both um, and a little yeah. bit of vanilla. If the vodka's vanilla, that adds a, a little something something. Um, Kate oh, McKay you know taught everything. me that. She used um, to be a bartender in New York, so I go to her with all my booze questions. Of course she'd be, she was. She'd be a great pre-lasher. There we go then, definitely. Series two, let's go and get her on. Let's get her on. But of course, this is Celebrity Pre-Lash. We already have our Pre-Lash going. For anyone who's interested to know, I am equally as pretentious. I'm having a uh, Kettle One and Pear, my favourite cocktail of all time. Ooh! 
But this is all about dishing the dirt on celebrities. People okay. out there will understand this, you know, as comedians, as performers, uh, we work with a lot of famous faces. And sometimes, living in a place like London, we sometimes bump into famous faces. And this is the opportunity for my guests to tell us a few stories about some of your celebrity encounters. Um, do you have your drink in your hand? I do. Good, so do I. Let's do a digital cheers and get started with the show. Woo! Oh, that's tasty. Nothing better than a cocktail at 8 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> hey, we could be at an airport. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Five o'clock somewhere. Um, airport, a little bit sore to the point, considering we can't travel at the moment. But hey, this is Corona times. Anyway. <laughs> you miss it so much. <laughs> I know, right. So let's start the wheel then. So celebrity name dropping number one. Fix Leighton, how do you know Keris Matthews? <sighs> band Catatonia. I was a huge fan when I was a teenager. So I was about 13, 14. And I found out that she lived on the same street as my friend Ryan, who was also a big Catatonia fan. And obviously we did what any discerning fan would do and started hanging around her house. Yeah, embarrassing. Very embarrassing behaviour. I'd also, I've got to say, Karis Matthews is one of the sweetest people to fans because prior to this knowledge, um, I had written her a letter um, telling what a big fan I was and how inspired by her I was. Um, no, semen. No, no. <laughs> no, in normal ink. It wasn't even green ink. It was very inoffensive. I probably coloured it in as well. That was the vibe I was going with when I was 13, 14. I was quite a young 14. Like, you know, okay. when, like teenagers used to be before they were all filtered and highlighted and looking like adults. I was it's normal, like, just Humble, wholesome. old school, like still partially dressed to my mum's taste for clothes, that kind of thing, like moving on, on to my own style. But yeah, peacocks. Uh, <laughs> All the all the hot names. BHS. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but um yeah, so I wrote her a letter and she wrote me one back, including a promo copy of the new single that she signed for me. Ooh. Which was way above and beyond. Like way above and beyond what celebrities you would expect celebrities would do, particularly before you could access them via social media. That was a letter to her management company that got to her and then she posted something back to me. So she is amazing. She did not deserve me accidentally stalking her outside her home <gasps> almost every day after school for way longer than I it, well, that is flattering to me. So, so we understand then. So you sent her this very, very special present in the mail. And this in turn gave you permission to go and stalk her back. I, I, I recognise it now that you could call it stalking. But at the time, it was just loving her loudly and next to her in a respectful way. Um, <laughs> From afar, but not too far away. I was a lot of hormones back then. I was a bit confused. I was... Uh, yeah, I was egged on by my other, occasionally two friends, not just my friend Ryan, occasionally Anna would come along as well. And oh, we, we didn't ring the bell because we were too nervous. So we did just, we loitered a lot, basically, mm. in the general vicinity. And um, one day I opened the News of the World paper and saw Nightmare on this street. Uh, I won't name the street in case she still has some affiliates with it. So Nightmare sure on this street. Listening. 
And um, well, just in case other people turn up at her house, she might not have moved. <laughs> I don't know, do I? <laughs> Let me downsize considering how her career's gone since. But anyway, carry how on. How dare you? She's very big in BBC too. I will not hear a bad word said about lovely Karis Matthews. Yeah, hold on, BBC, I love you. Look, me, carry on. <laughs> what? Yeah, what happened is I was reading this article about how fans, like legions of fans, were storming her house mm-hmm. looking for her and just waiting outside for her autograph all the time. And I was like, that's really weird because. I think if there'd been legions of fans storming a house, I would have seen them because I'm there every day. And what clearly has happened now, what I know because we've got PR on our CVs, is yeah. um, she recognised the PR opportunity or she told her PR in a passing way, oh, I've got these teenagers hanging around outside my house. Savvy PR woman thought, I'm going to sell this tableau press, make her look really, really popular. Really and there it was. So I triggered an article about legions of fans going to a house. It wasn't legions of fans. It was me and my two mates. Um, but we stopped after that because you can't carry on, can you? When you've been no. dragged in the news of the world, you, you can't carry on with that kind of caper. And I'm kind of glad that happens because I could still have been there now. Like <laughs> Still camping out there, you know, um, was it 15 years later. 20, 23 years later, I know. She's just revealed her age. Write it down. Someone can work it out. People can't, <laughs> people can't um, appreciate that I've got the maximum Zoom filter on. I saved that for best and I saved it for you. So even though people can't see it, it's... <laughs> I, I, as a gay man, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I <laughs> like to mention... I like to mention my age, though, when I talk about comedy, because I want people to know that I started late and I didn't start young and I'm just not very good at it. I need them to know. <laughs> you're not, you're not like those, uh, those comedians who are like, I won the Student um, Shorten Award in 1999 yeah. and I'm still doing open mic gigs. Exactly. Can you imagine seeing an adult at an open mic? Because I know I judge them. And I'm there being judged as well, like this older person with an actual job buying wine because I can afford it. I need them to know I haven't been doing this my whole life. This is a new thing. (laughs) It's important for me that the 20-year-olds respect me as much as I can get them to. Yeah, or or it would be like Karis Matthews performing Mulder and Scully in hot pants. Uh, She probably already (laughs) still does. Um, Put it away, love. No, keep doing it. All women are beautiful. Stop it. Yes. All women are beautiful, whatever ages they are. Men can wear hot pants too. We can all wear hot pants. If we can find any that fit and it's not hurting anyone. Yeah. Sometimes I think you should apply for a license for them. Like, they come in my size, but I shouldn't wear them. That is such a good idea. Like, you know, like you're walking around with your COVID vaccine uh, thingy in your wallet. You should have something for like hot pants or, you know, certain clothing, which... Um, so I, don't think it, I don't think it's like whether you're a certain size. I think it's whether you've got the confidence to pull them off because there's nothing worse than a shy person in a hot pants. So I think you need to like make sure you've got the charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent to pull off a hot pants. There we go. RuPaul said it herself, Miss Vix Layton. Yes. I can't say that quickly, Miss Vix Layton. Your name's a little bit of a... Um, bit, Tongue twister. A bit of a Tongue twister. Yes. Let's ask the <gasps> husband. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've been experimenting with using my middle name in um, Billings, so Vix Jane Layton, which is more syllables, but I don't think I like that anymore. So... But of course, and I'm sure lots of fans out there know there's a very famous Victoria Layton. And yes. the famous Vicky Vicky from Benidorm. Has this ever come like across for you before on Billings? Have people ever talked to you about this before? That's why it's Vic's not Vicky. I had to <laughs> rebrand um, quite early on in my life. <laughs> I, I was outed as the namesake of Sticky Vicky from Benidorm at my call centre job when I was 21. <sighs> and it's been Vic's ever since. 
good. <laughs> what were people like on the phone? What's in your fanny? Oh, the occasional one, like one in a thousand people would make the connection, but it was never worth sitting through that one in a thousand. It was never the one that you thought would take it and have a bit of fun with it. It was always a perv. Like, oh, golf balls. No, they're ping pong <laughs> balls. Golf balls would be too heavy to get the trajectory that she wanted. She knows. She's done her research. That's very good to know. <laughs> yes. I might add a section on a Wikipedia page about me. Just <laughs> Definitely. Or maybe like, you know, you could advertise, you could advertise yourself again as uh, Vicky Layton and then you turn up and they get a little bit disappointed. And you can be like, I'm not going to pull out anything from my vagina. I'm going to pull out jokes from my mouth. And they're going to say, no, we want the real thing. And you have to He describes away. it as a vaginal magic show, <laughs> which I love. What an idea. I think he I'm just going to... Sticky Vicky. Yeah. What a legend. It's his daughter now under her name. Really? It's a dynasty. It's a sticky dynasty. Sticky dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the family, literally. <laughs> it's like, what's going to come out of it today? Pink bubbles or a baby? Let's go wait to 23 years to see if it turns into anything else. <laughs> Back to Keris Matthews. I want to know this. Have you ever had any communication with her since? Or is no. Order still, um, there? I, oh, she liked one of my tweets a couple of weeks ago because I put a tweet up of me in a Welsh flag dress that I'd made specially for the occasion at a gig in Margan Park and she liked it, which I took as an olive branch and for us to be best friends. But there's an argument that that might not be true. Well, maybe she I'm not going to follow up. I'm not going to follow up just you. in case. Like, <laughs> well, you follow up, just go, just go back and pretend and just be like, I'm home again. Is that a song? I don't know. And be like, I've come back for you, Karis. Maybe you'll see her other fan waiting outside still. I don't know. Um, I'm so oh, sorry, Karis. We'd coordinate. We'd coordinate. We'd definitely arrive together like a weird reunion that she didn't ask for. <laughs> Look at us now. We're adults. Anyway, Vic, so obviously, you know, we are here to talk about celebrities, talk about our anecdotes. We also, today, are going to play some games. Ooh, okay. So the first game we are going to play is True or Poo. Okay. I have asked all my little fans out there on Instagram to go and send me a few interesting facts about celebrities. However, not all of them are true. Some of them are poo. And it's your job today to work out which of them are true and which of them are poo. Are you ready to play? I'm so ready. She has no choice. She's stuck with me for another <laughs> few minutes anyway. So here is the first thing. And this is from Mel on Instagram. Well, they're all from Instagram today. EastEnders icon Patsy Palmer's real name is Julie Harris. Is that true or poo? That sounds too boring to not be true. I can see that logic. Are you going to say it's true? Because that is a nice little... Coupler, isn't it? Patsy Palmer. You can see how on equity that would look like a good idea. Yeah. Less generic. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's true. I'm gonna say it's true. The answer is true. Ding, ding. Yes, her real name is Judy Harris. Well done. It's one oh, out of one. Jewels. Jewels. Um yeah, is there gonna be some kind of like leaderboard on this? Cause I think there should be. That's such a good idea. I need to think about that. I need to think about that. That's a good okay. idea. Well, thank you very much, Mel. That was a good, good... Thanks, Mel. Thank you. Sorry I said it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mel not sorry. Mel up outside of your house, you know, just campaign as well. That's Do better, Mel. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> She'll have a fan finally. No, I'm joking. Anyway, um, let's move on to the second one. This is, also, this is also obviously from Instagram. It's from Ben. Scottish TV legend Carol Smiley is deathly allergic to cats. Carol Smiley. Smiley, Smiley, Carol Smiley. Ooh, like, 
So did you add Deathly for drama or did Ben actually specify? Ben specified Deathly, yes. Deathly, so not just a little bit itchy, a little bit swollen, like actually scratch, might scratch, die. Scratch. Yeah. See, that has the ring of truth about it as well. Because hmm. I was thinking about this, because obviously I don't see if they're true or poo before I go and research them. And obviously she was doing the show Changing Rooms. And, you know, lots of tragic people across the UK do have cats because they don't That's have That's a lot of people's learn. houses that she was in, yeah. But... Yes. So maybe it could have been used as, you know, a way to reduce the amount of applicants uh, for the show maybe that's why she ended up smashing all those teapots that's the excuse i would have used <laughs> she smashed teapots oh it was ha- technically it was handy andy oh you've got to google it it's the <gasps> best changing room episode ever priceless teapots they made some floating shelves that were basically shelves on a string came out the next day all smashed all over the floor and um, yeah Oh my God. I, I think it was Linda that had to go and apologise and take full responsibility. You never got to see her have the conversation. So who knows what went on in that room? But I really want to know. Like, <laughs> she would buy Noise of London for £1 million. Pounds. Oh, it's Andy, iconic. must have some money. Yeah. It's iconic. I wonder what the insurance is on that. Right. I, but I reckon no. I reckon poo. Okay, so Scottish TV legend Carol Smiley is definitely allergic to cats. True or poo? Fix is saying poo. Fix is... Correct. Yes, two yes. out of two. It is not true. Well done. You totally you. helped me on that. <laughs> well, just using my logic, which usually is wrong. So maybe you shouldn't really <laughs> listen to me usually, but um, well done for that. <laughs> okay, here is the third one. This is from Cheryl. Maybe Cheryl. I don't know. Um, Cheryl, whatever she Oh, Cheryl on all it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good impression. I'm very impressed. <laughs> That's Thank the only bit I can do. That is the only bit I can do in okay. Johnny. <laughs> hey, quit when you're willing. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. This is the one. Madonna has not achieved a UK top 10 single since 2009. Is that true or poo? I mean, I, I will tell you my logic about this because yeah. obviously, when we were growing up, Madonna was like the biggest star in the world. She seemed to have just like a consistent number one or top 10 single. Um, but in the 2010s, she has got a little bit quiet, a little bit weird, mm. a little bit like, um, yeah. She's gone in a different creative direction. It is true. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, Hung Up Era was like pre 2009, wasn't it? As all gays know, it's 2005, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like. <laughs> I don't want to acknowledge that I'm old enough for that to be true, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because she was a big deal for so long, for actual decades. Well done, love. But yeah, I don't think she's peaked anywhere near that since. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to go true. Okay, so you were saying true. Madonna has not achieved a UK top 10 single since 2009. Fix Layton, you are correct. It is true. Could we believe it? Three for yes. three. In 2009, she achieved a top three single, which means it didn't get to number two or number one, with Celebration. And since, she's not even had a top 20 single. It's been that quiet on her front. Oh, and she, you can't say that a lot about Madonna. She's had a lot of action on the front, like, as a rule. Oh, and the bug, yeah. <laughs> I was meaning the cone bra. You took it in a different direction, but I liked it. So. <laughs> I like it too. I like it. But you never know. Um, like they always say about her, she's always going to have a comeback. She's always going to reinvent herself. Like the recent reinventions, like the one with the eye patch, like didn't really. Yeah. Work. But she might surprise us. She might have a comeback with Karis Matthews next year. Who knows? Or in twenty, thirty years' time, when she's lived a very long life, she'll die, and as a tribute, one of her favourite songs will go to number one because that does happen. 
So you are so right. That's definitely going to happen. She's got one more left at least, but one she just won't left. be around to see it. <laughs> it's singles are still a thing. I mean, well, it's all about streaming the, now, isn't it? The idea that the singles charts might disappear—it was such a cornerstone of my life. It, it makes me quite sad. I know. I'm just going to like Woolworths or MVC and yeah. just getting little singles. I bought Westlife What Makes a Man CD1 and CD2 to try and get its Christmas number one and it was still beaten by Bob the Builder and I am still livid about that. <laughs> well, Vix, I've lost a little bit of respect for you now. Uh... <laughs> it's only embarrassing if you care what people think. <laughs> yeah. But just say like, for the younger listeners out there, you know, CD1 and CD2, they were such a, like important thing because yeah. you get different remixes, you get a little like a CD-ROM situation with like yeah. a behind-the-scenes music video. Sometimes a live version because you didn't have access to any lives unless you bought literal bootlegs. Like you had to go yes. to like record fairs and find a CD of something that someone had recorded on a little recording system live at the gig. I had so many of those for the Manix, like loads oh. and loads of bootleg CDs. Um, what, from like a um, car boot sale outside of Swansea, was it? Um, from Spiller's Records in Cardiff, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's official. Wonder if they paid their taxes. That's for another day. <laughs> I'm sure they have. It's a very cool shop. It's the oldest record store in the world, but they moved premises, so I don't know if they can still carry that title because it's in a completely different shop now. So you heard it here first. There we go. Next time you are in, where is it? Cardiff, you said. Yeah, it got demolished for flats. The original right. ones. So it wasn't their fault. Well, I was going to say to you, uh, to you guys, you should go there, but obviously you can't. But maybe go to Wales. This, yeah. Just do like a little vigil outside, then go to Karis Matthews' house and then go home. Brilliant! Day out sorted. <laughs> Big Slayton, I'm glad to say you got three out of three for True or Poo. Congratulations, you're top of the Woo leaderboard! Woo! Now, I just had a thought about the leaderboard, right? Essentially, if we're going to have three questions a podcast, um, it's like you have a 33% chance of at least getting one right. Yeah, um, maybe going forward you can time how long it takes people to reach the right decision. Or I'm also going to reveal we also have another game coming up as well. Okay. So maybe I'll be adding, it will be a collation, what do you call it? A collateral okay. score situation going on. Yeah. We'll see how you do in the next round. But for now, well right. done, Vix. You got three out of three. Give yourself a pat on the back. You're so clever. <laughs> She's patting herself on her back. He might have been able to hear it. It gave quite a thump. My lung capacity is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to make any comments about that. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on with some more celebrity name dropping. You've sent some real good people today. It's what I like to go and see. <laughs> let's move forward. Let's also stay in the 90s as well for this one. How do you know Ben for me one? Got into a bit of a spat with him. Well, his, a full history lesson. Um, I once pretended that I worked for my university magazine, um, got my dad to call up their record company and try and get an interview when they came to Cardiff for me. So mm -hmm. my dad pretend to be like my staff. But I think he just <laughs> bottled it and said, my daughter's a massive fan. Can you just let her come backstage? But either way, me and three friends got to go backstage at the A1 Cardiff concert. So we met there. He was very nice, very hot. Mark was my favourite though. And he's still my favourite. He's aged the best as well. Mark Reed. Oh. He's the thinking woman's choice for Glad A1. You know <laughs> We follow each other on Instagram, okay? We've got very similar interests. 
<laughs> How many followers does he have? Just a little interesting thing to know. Loads, because they're still massive in, in um, like other countries. No, like the UK are like the last people on earth to realise that A1 have still got it apparently because they they do lives and their numbers are into the, the Instagram lives are into the thousands. It is <gasps> bonkers. They're probably big in Japan style bands. So okay. I okay. feel like A1's PR person. <laughs> Thank Catatonia A1. Carry on. <laughs> I bought a cameo video from Ben for my friend's birthday. Mm. And we did he didn't deliver it on time for whatever reason. And so I tweeted him about it. And he did not like it. <laughs> was he too busy doing live streaming to bother doing his cameos? Um, he was in um Japan. I think it was called is it the musical Eugenius, I wanna say? I don't know. So he was in a musical that was doing quite well in the previews. Very busy. Very busy. So he was he was busy. He told me he was busy. He he talked about this musical specifically in the DM, and then he got it done. But it had a lot of hateful energy in it, and I think my friend found it sexy, so it was fine. So I got away with it. But I don't oh. really feel he was happy to do the work, and um, <laughs> it's fair enough, really. I was quite entitled, but it was it was a birthday present. So yeah, and what's your friend's name? Like, Becky. Becky. So was it like? Hey Becky, it's me Ben from A1. Happy bloody birthday to you. Hope you're having an amazing day. Bye. It was, it was, yeah, it wasn't quite, it wasn't worded like that, but I felt like it was implied, but that might have been my paranoia that I'd called him out if you done it as a heavy giraffe. So yeah, that was an inadverted fail on... Uh, <laughs> on celebrity comms there for me but um yeah, yeah sorry so, sorry ben um i just sorry, wanted ben. to get i didn't have anything else for my friend she's a really close friend and i wanted her to know that i hadn't botched it like i did book it in advance because i'm not good for presents i'm very much high budget last minute oh rather lady than... with the money without the thought sounds like <laughs> someone i know myself <laughs> yeah so but in this was a particularly i was proud of myself because i did it ahead of time it was really thoughtful i wanted the points for it from her and then when it wasn't delivered i looked like he once again i had spent money oh doors doors buzzing oh it's Ben for May 1 and he's pissed off. Oh my God, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought once again, it looked like I dropped the ball and just paid a lot of money to try and get away with it. So I needed her to know, because I'm petty, I needed her to know that I'd done the work in good time. So Very sweet, that's very sweet. Like, I, I have seen him recently online, not outside his house, and he does seem to, like he has aged pretty well. I think he looks better He's now looking than he did. Very, they all do. They're all great. I, they're sleeping in Tupperware or something because they all look great. Christian as well. Like oh. Paul was never my choice, but I'm sure he's thriving. Um, <laughs> would you say no? Well, maybe now you would, but back then you wouldn't know. No, <laughs> they, I would have given them all a. I would have given them all a try. Let's face it. Uh, <laughs> he wouldn't. Is, he wouldn't. Is, 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 is there a gay one and a one? Not out. I don't think that is interesting because statistically that. that is unlikely. But hmm. not yeah. to like out anyone or shame anyone for being LGBT. But usually no, that was always you, the case, wasn't that? You make a compelling point. But like, I guess boys in acting, in creative arts, have kind of gravitated towards those roles. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hey guys, the end of school, let's like take off all the clothes and hold each other for like acting practice. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Why a bit of, I didn't go to stage school, but that's for a different day. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. But yeah, 
good luck to him whatever love 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 is love so love is love love is love put your hands out like a heart i would have been disappointed to find out that they were gay though i think because um that would have been obviously the only obstacle to our love as i've demonstrated over the years yes and someone uh, someone like you vixate and you'd be like if if i can't have him no one else can (laughs) get your psycho knife out There were no knives, just my weird, intense presence outside your home. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's very interesting. So we learned about Karis Matthews. We learned about Ben from A1. Let's keep going with the celebrity name dropping. Let's go to the next person uh, on your list. Let's talk... Actually, let's stay in the comedy arena here and tell me, do you know John Richardson? Dun, yes. Dun, dun. <laughs> Yes, I booked him for a corporate gig, um, Ill- an ill-advised corporate gig, to be honest, because it was this massive museum hangar of a place that was not the ideal space for quiet comedy, because he's quite, he's not like a big shouty Russell Kane type man. It's very mm. quiet, it's very considered, it's very measured, but I was a massive fan and I wanted to be in the same room as him and to, you know, be seen more of as more as a peer than a fan. So I thought I would abuse my position in this company by getting John Richardson into this corporate. And um, we had this really terribly embarrassing encounter in his dressing room. <laughs> not in a weird not in a weird way. Um, I got really shy on the night. So my friend Kieran, who is my friend because of this event, so we met at the pitch for the party. So he was pitching to me and we immediately just fell in love, basically. And by the time the pitch process was over, like, I don't want to say he had it in the bag before he pitched from the emails we did back and forth, but I Mm. think he had it in the bag and they were the best for the job. So it's all fine. It's all fine. But um, we became friends on this process. So I told Kieran that I was a massive fan of John Richardson. And then on the night he said, come and meet him. We've just shown him into um, a room and I didn't want to, because I was all of a sudden absolutely mortified and nervous. I got posted into the room by my pushy friend anyway. It's like, go on, go in. And then he left me there and shut the door. He just left me to it. He's like, oh, Vix, I've got to go. So you you guys chat. And I couldn't think of anything to say to him. And he clearly wanted to just quietly prepare for the gig <laughs> and didn't know how to tell me because I was the client. I wanted yeah. to leave the room, but didn't know how to tell him because he was John Richardson. So we got on what I describe as a comedy, uh, like a conversational carousel where I kept closing the conversation by going, oh, I hope you have a good night. And he said, you have a good night. And that was my cue to leave. But because I was so nervous, I didn't take it. So I just come back around again, like a taxi going around the block and be like, well, I hope you have a good night. (sighs) It probably only happened a couple of times, but in my head over the years, it it was a good hundred times of him saying, have a good night in a closing way and me just not taking the cue and leaving so i eventually got out of the room (laughs) the bermuda triangle of the room (laughs) and it was not a brilliant environment for him to do comedy in and everybody was too drunk (sighs) and i did not feel and i was like shushing the people at my table because i wanted to hear it but i felt really responsible for the fact that the crowd were they were hard work yeah yeah so i was quite i I felt quite stressed about it but didn't think anything of it and then a few weeks later i was in the glee club and he was on and Mm. he said firstly he was like before he said something he was like firstly does anyone work for 
the company that I work for, I was about to go, yeah. And then my friend, like, cause she didn't want me to have any attention in a comedy arena. Fair enough. Cause I'm a scrappy little thing. Hands went basically over my mouth to stop me from going, yeah. And uh, then he basically said that it was one of the worst gigs he's ever done. Oh, no. <laughs> Dragged it to hell. And it was funny, but it was mortifying. <laughs> so I am responsible for one of, and corporates are generally considered shit anyway. Yeah. So if I've, if I tables one of the worst ones, it's weirdly an achievement, but also a terrible and excitement of how my night went from his point of view and on top of that I was the dickhead in the dressing room that wouldn't leave so this has not gone well for me not a single bit of this experience went well <laughs> it doesn't sound it no it doesn't sound it at all so we'd had Mark Watson the year before and he'd absolutely killed it people loved him which is the only reason they were pushing for a comic at this one yeah because it when it goes well it really goes well but mm. It was a different room. It was a different time. Because like, it was a low ceiling. The year before, it was a low ceiling room. It was set out differently. It was much more of a cauldron. It was more appropriate. And people who don't know comedy don't realise that those things count yeah. when you're making the decisions for the entertainment. Like, it should have been a band or, and nothing else, really. It didn't yeah. fit. Because, you know, you're, you're getting drunk with your colleagues. I don't have a corporate job, but I guess you would. And you're just like, you know, want to go and drink and have a party and have a dance. And you have to go and sit through someone talking about their mum for yeah. like half an hour or an hour. It, could, were, it sounds yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. They were in black tie. They were on their pass. It was a lot of men in black tie on their one night out of the year going absolutely mental on the free bar. And mm. yeah, it was not a recipe for success. So doesn't sound it at all. Again, I feel like I'm coming off really badly from all of these <laughs> encounters. Basically, what I've described to you is a list of people that I need to apologise to. <laughs> so. Okay, I'm writing a list as we speak. So, Karis Matthews, Ben for May 1, John Richardson, Mark Rutherson, and the entire corporate teams across the United Kingdom. There we go. You'll send them a letter after this fix. I'll make I will. sure. An it. open letter to all offended by my <laughs> behaviour. <laughs> and maybe you can send it to the uh, Sunday newspapers and get an article out of it. There we go. Good PR. Repentant ex stalker, men's who ways. Um, <laughs> But does she? <laughs> Not at all, unless she gets an article out of it. So, Vix, like for yourself as a performer, do you have any sort of um, um, how have you been when you've ever had like a really, really drunk audience? How do you um, how do you cope with it? Not well. <laughs> no. I've only had one, and it was um, a gig in Croydon, and they just didn't like me. And I think. Aww. They didn't like anyone though. I think they, I don't know if they'd come to the comedy or if they happened to be in that bar and comedy began around them. I couldn't quite tell. Oh, and I, no. I think there was an element of kind of friends and family. It was a relatively new gig. So I think there might've been an element of friends and family coming down to support as well. So not people who love comedy. And if you don't love comedy, open mic is a roller coaster you don't necessarily yeah. want to be on. So mm. I could kind of... Yeah, the vibe was these weren't comedy lovers. And um, yeah, the first joke fell flat and it didn't get any better. Um, <laughs> some people started to leave. <laughs> nobody nobody even engaged with me enough to heckle me. <laughs> I'm sure there are less people here than there Because <laughs> I'd gone on quite late as well, because I think I was one of the last on. And it was, mm. yeah, it was a rocky road to get there. But another act had been on and the way their shadow had fallen on the wall behind them it looked like they had a penis 
that was standing to attention. Somebody <laughs> in the audience took a photo. I don't want to be too crude because, you know, it's, it, it's got to be suitable for all, hasn't it? But yeah. somebody in the audience took a photo of the shadow and then got up on stage during their set and showed them the photo and then went table to table showing all the other tables as oh, well. Dear. So technically I got off quite lightly. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. You know, because it's my stage. I'm the one performing. Don't need someone trying to take all my attention. It's like yeah. when you get a heckler. It's like, please, like, you know, I have prepared material here. I've come all the way yeah. down and no one wants to hear what you think about, you know. It's whatever. never clever either. People are like, oh, what's the best heckle? It's never clever. It's just noise, isn't it? It's just, or boom. Yeah. Like, it's never anything you can engage with or have fun with because you see people do amazing comebacks like mm. there's a video of john robertson absolutely roasting somebody on youtube that's well worth watching because it's a proper masterclass. but um yeah they, they don't give you anything to work with no. when they're just making noise or being disruptive and i had these weird hecklers at the gig that i do in limehouse that you've done actually yes. i don't think it was the night you were there um but they were really excited about the comedy and they were quite new to comedy so they were oh. agreeing with everything that the comedian said like the well, comedian had written the set to them no audibly so yes I, so yeah they're like yeah. yeah he's so right oh my god it's so true about tesco oh my god it's so right <laughs> yeah this is amazing yes, yeah <laughs> <laughs> really like sweet and it's like Aww. i don't know how to overcome a positive heckle because <laughs> it was kind of cute but also quite disruptive <laughs> so. Yeah, so i think you know, the biggest lesson is here you know if we if we're doing a comedy performance don't get too drunk and if you agree with us just agree with laughter people don't have to know that you actually yeah. physically agree, agree. Yes. yes we write things to be relatable this is not a surprise and it's not just for you it's something when people think sets are written just for them because it relates to their personal experience and it's a craft but <laughs> do you think that's how ben adams does his uh, cameo hello happy <laughs> birthday lots of love ben hello congratulations lots of love ben just like there's a whole same message like message again and again no he used my uh, notes to be fair to him he was oh. a professional Right. But I tried to I make a joke like... and you took it too seriously, but that's for a different day. <laughs> I, I don't want to accidentally slack him off again. <laughs> I need well, I'm to sure know. he's listening. <laughs> well, you never know, do you? Like I said, I'm, my, I'm publicly trying to get my apologies out to people. <laughs> that's very true. You heard it here first. Vix is very, very sorry, and we'll read about I'm it in sorry. the Sunday Times next week. I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> Hi, Vix. What have you got on your face? I'd like to keep it on, please. Yes, is that a new face mask from the Mask Club? It is, and it's really soft, which is why I've still got it on, and quite sexy, I think. I mean, no one can see me, but you can testify. It's yes, sexy it is super sexy, super sexy. I also think it's very, very kind of you as well to be wearing a face mask during our podcast, just in case you can infect me via the airways. It's very, you very You can't clever. be too careful. I hear about computer viruses. Remember the Millennium Bug? <laughs> it could be like that. Absolutely. And if you want to look as sexy and stunning as me and Vix, be sure to go to mrsk.club and put in the voucher code pre-50, that's 550, where you will get 50% off your first month. That is pre-50 at mrsk.club. So Vix, I have to go and tell you something now. Um, I see your cocktail glass is a little bit empty. This is a pre-lash here. Um, I do suggest you go and top yourself up before we, we play the next game. Oh yeah, I find I think better when I'm two drinks in. 
exactly. I do better at everything when I've had a drink, apart from driving, obviously. But then it reaches a critical mass for me where I do everything so much worse. And I never know where that is. <laughs> it's like a drinking roller coaster. By the way, I do not hear a drink being poured. It's like a roller coaster. Like you're going up, you're going up, you're going up, and you have one pint and it's boom, especially if you're me. Right, I'm ready. Oh, there we go. That looks beautiful. Yeah, even in a very special cocktail glass. You're such a clever girl. Yep, it's got flamingos on it. Branding Ooh. is important. Branding is important. Absolutely. So before we play the game fix, obviously you run a very successful podcast. I do. So people you tell do. me. <laughs> so you do. Because I will tell you the audience this. So it's called Comedy Arcade. You are on all the amazing platforms. You're on Acast. You're on um, iTunes. Apple. Apple Spotify. Podcast, Spotify. And recently, I believe you've actually charted. Um, I charted from the first week, actually. I peaked at number 22 in the Comedy Interview charts in my first week of launching, which is really exciting. And we've been in the top 200 ever since, uh, broadly, like down at the bottom. I think it went up to 46. I was like, yes, come on, but then fell off again. So I'm obsessed with the stats. And I know you shouldn't be, you're not supposed to, but yeah, I, I'm obsessed. So <laughs> you're, sort of, you're, sort of, you're sort of like the Madonna of uh, the podcast world. All you want to do is have another top like 20 single. I yes. know. <laughs> they spoiled me early on. I thought this is it. This is only the only way is up for me. And no, the only way was down. <laughs> well, as long as it's still on the chart, it's all about discovery, yeah. as long as people can find you. Um, so just tell um, tell my um, obviously very loyal um, listenership in my first ever episode, um, how can they find out more about <laughs> you and your podcast? So it is a game of competitive anecdotes. I get com- usually comedians, but other interesting people also is the hope. So it's not just <laughs> comics that you hear on all the other podcasts, you might as well. <laughs> but we've had, yeah, we've had some really good people. We've had Shappy, we've had Sean Walsh, Josie Long. So they're all in the back catalogue ready to go if people want to listen to them. And she calls her Shappy because she's in first, team, uh, first, first name terms with her. <laughs> no, just because. She's, she's an icon, isn't she? Think she of is another an Shappy. You can't. Shappy. You can't. So <laughs> Shappy too. Yeah, she like was on my too. second episode and it was so exciting and I barely spoke in it and i um, yeah, so that's maybe not the one to start with, unless you want to hear Shappy and not me. But yeah, it would be lovely to have some new listeners. I feel like they'll like it based on um, your fan base's response to my appearances at Big Gay Comedy. So yes! we clearly have a good crossover. We do. So make sure you do go to her Instagram as well, which of course has now been changed. Which it is now has. Vix Layton and find out more about Comedy Arcade. I don't know why I didn't make it Vix Layton at the start. <laughs> It was, it was Pixel 24-7. Uh, and the yeah. other day, I, was, uh, I went to message you and I was like, where's she gone? Has she like blocked me or something? Oh, I would never. <laughs> I'm not Karis Matthews, you know. Uh, <laughs> Even though I keep doing your uh, Brexit visions and charting terribly. <laughs> and we come up with all kinds of creative excuses to why it's happened. But it's just, it is what it is. I'm not getting the points. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, get we'll next save time. that for another day. Just to go <laughs> tell the audience, so what we have done for the last three years uh, for the amazing charity Wandsworth from Asus, uh, we have a um, IRL event called Brexit Vision where we raise money for the charity uh, HIV and AIDS in South London. And essentially it's like a Eurovision parody. Um, instead of having singers, we get comedians to come down, represent their home nations and do a three-minute comedy performance. Uh, Vix took part in the first ever Brexit vision and the second Brexit vision, she came back uh, to have a comeback, and both times she did a very, very good performance on stage. Unfortunately, the international juries just 
didn't like Wales, apparently. Um, it wasn't my day. I think everyone's racist against Welsh people. I think it's true. I think it's true. Do you know what I? Do you know why I think people didn't rate you highly? There's no representation of the ability of your comedy and what you're talking about. I think it's because we're in the UK, and obviously, if you're going to talk about something more exotic like Somalia or talk about Thailand, people are going to go and learn something different. Well, if you, whilst if you talk about yeah. Wales, which is part of the UK we, culture, yeah. people are like, oh, that's nice, but... We don't to... support home nations. As, well, as we a... just blame people for being racist, not supporting ourselves. Well, we don't support home nations, do we? It's, it's no. one of those things. We're, it's very specific to us as well, I think, but never mind. But it's like we can't solve that contest, now. Right, so, you know, when Yugoslavia became independent, then they created the new countries out of it. So Bosnia and Herzegovina, Croatia, Slovenia, uh, Serbia, and North Macedonia. The moment they went independent, they started to vote for each other in Eurovision. So be Beautiful, like, yeah. points from Croatia go to our neighbours in Slovenia. Congratulations. <laughs> Everyone would boo. You know, for a fact, if Scotland became independent, they would give nothing to England. Yeah, absolutely. Same with Asia. Wales. Not, no, nilpois. Right. It's like Ireland's just as bad and they give us like pity three or four and it's like, come on, commit or don't bother. Did you like the song or not? (laughs) I think this is enough for a civil war, actually. (laughs) Could you imagine um, a Scotland give no points to the United Kingdom or to England, just go up to the border again, retake control. Nicola Sturgeon on her horse. No, it would definitely happen. That's quite an image. <laughs> <laughs> but you do know that Wales, um, Wales have wanted to, do, wanted to do Eurovision for something like 50 years. Well, they and want that, to be independent real bad. <laughs> really bad, just to go into Eurovision, because in, I think it was... I don't think that's the only reason they want to be independent, but yeah. <laughs> I think it is. It's, it's in the top five. This is a really interesting <laughs> fact. This is this be good for a true poo, another day for another okay. uh, performer. Uh, Wales did their own song contest to finally send a song for Eurovision. Uh, they selected the entry and they sent it to London and London said, no, we're going to choose it this year. And ever since, Wales have been doing their song for Europe every single year. Um, I didn't know this and it's still going on now. Oh. <laughs> is it ever sad a story? It's heartbreaking. <laughs> and then finally, three years ago, Wales were like, we're going to do Eurovision, but we're not going to do normal Eurovision. We're going to do junior Eurovision. So for the last two years, Wales have done junior Eurovision. It's only been on S4C in Wales. In England, we don't know about it. Um, and both times, Wales got like hardly any points, bless. Oh. So, Vic, so we're coming to the end of the podcast here. We have some amazing uh, celebrity anecdotes uh, from you. Um, I think it's time we finally play another game to finish off. How does that sound? I'm ready. Okay, cool. So the game we're now going to play to finish off today's show is called Who Did Dunn Say That? I'm going to read you a few celebrity quotes and three options of people who may have said this quote, and you must decide who said it. How does that sound? Sounds good. I'm in. So here is the first quote here. Smoking kills. If you're killed, you've lost a very important part of your life. (laughs) Who said that? Was it Kylie Jenner, Brooke Shields, or Uma Thurman? Let me say that again. Uma Thurman. Another time, (laughs) Kylie Jenner, Uh, Brooke Shields, or Uma Thurman? I don't know. Brooke Shields has been saying some questionable things recently, but it's it, it's speaking to me like a Kardashian take. So I'm going to say Kylie Jenner. Okay, so you're saying Kylie Jenner, and this, of course, is to try and get six out of six to be at the top of our leaderboard, but she'll be anyway because it's our first episode. <laughs> it's, 
you are wrong. Uh-huh. It was you, but actually your instinct was right. It was Brooke Shields. Yeah, she's having a shocker recently. I, I don't want to know what I know about Brooke Shields. I want to remember her as like Veronica's closet. I've got, I've got a lot of love for her. It's, I want to yeah. remember her as River Fields and the amazing show Jane the Virgin, but that's for a different day. I love Jane the Virgin. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move now to the second quote. Who did Dunn say that? I've never really wanted to go to Japan simply because I don't like eating fish. Was this Britney Spears, Ryden Clark Neal, or Pauline Quirk? Intriguing. Oh, that's such a broad cross-reference of people it could be as well. Knowing you, it could be any of them. Well, in all honesty, it's the person who said it and two people I came up with. So Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah but two people who were relevant to this, because again, you, you can believe it. Um, I'm going to say Pauline Quirk. <laughs> you have the wrong answer. It is Britney Spears. I mean, that does sound like something she would say as well. Her thing about the internet and email, about email my heart, is a beautiful piece of interview footage as well. Really? I need to look that up. Maybe for the next yeah. episode, I will do that. She saw the future. <laughs> <laughs> she so, was writing about emailing your heart before it was cool. <laughs> of course, in her first album, I've just remembered. Yeah. A massive 90s flashback. Thank you for making me feel old. Anyway, let's move forward to the final quote here. I was once told we are ruining the world with our music. Was it Shazney Lewis, Lisa Scott Lee, or Ben Adams from A1? Imagine. Imagine if it was. It could be. <laughs> it's weird that he's on the list. I feel like this is double bluff now. I'm, I'm confused. Oh, no. I'm going to say Ben Adams anyway, just because I want it to be true. So you were saying Ben Adams from A1. The answer actually was Lisa Scott Lee from Stamps. Do you know what? I knew it. I knew it, but I thought it was funnier to say Ben Adams. So, um, because I know you and your love for Lisa Scott Lee. Um, We all love Lisa Scott Lee. We're off to see Steps together in November. Oh my God, that might actually happen now as well. It's going to happen. You, me and my friend Paul, we can't wait to get Steps. We can wear our masks. (gasps) Mask from Mask Club, absolutely. Can you do? Can we get them made? <laughs> I will talk to Mask Club and see if we can get some special. I uh, want Lisa made. Scott Lee's mouth. <laughs> we all. Anyway, Vic Slayton, thank you so much for being my first guest on Celebrity Prelash. You've managed to consume two drinks, which makes me think you are ready uh, to have a very good day ahead. And um, have you had fun? I've had a lovely time. I want to go on this night out now. That's the trouble. I know, but we will have to do it when things clear up. This is obviously recorded uh, during the pandemic. And definitely up in November 2020, 2021, we will be off to see steps and we'll make sure we get absolutely wasted. I can't wait. Fix, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, see you soon. Bye. That was my conversation there with the fantastic Vix Layton. Vix, thank you so much for dropping by. Had an absolute blast. Next week, I'm going to be joined by the queer icon and drag superstar, Shakona Fire. So if you have any good trivia for me to use for her in True or Poo, be sure to go to my Instagram page, which is at laughswithlulu, and give me some good trivia I can use. And of course, we need to give a massive shout out to our sponsors, Mask Club. Yes, if you want to go look sexy when you're walking around the supermarket, make sure you do get one of their brilliant masks. Uh, go to the the website which is mrsk.club mask club you see how that works use the voucher code prelash50 and you will get 50% off your first month otherwise my name has been Lucia Jack this has been Celebrity Prelash and I'll see you here next week with Shakona Fire bye god that's gay even for me <laughs>